0: 18 plus
2: um my buddy i'm not gonna say your name because i always say it wrong <laughs> well i i think you are doing okay way yeah. more okay than you think you are so no worries yeah i was calling you easy e for a while there because i can't pronounce your name right <laughs> yeah, but that's funny i like it yeah we can do that i'll be easy for today yeah uh tell uh, tell everybody where you're at. Where do
3: you live? You don't have to give us your address, but you know. <laughs> well, I live on this street called. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, I live up in uh, nor- northern Norway. It's um, far enough north to be about a bit over a few hours' driving north from the Arctic Circle. So I experienced the phenomenon of the midnight sun and the dark months where we barely have any sun at all. So it's pretty far north. Bye. It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I've seen some some of your live videos. I love your live videos when you go outdoors and your little nature walks and stuff.
3: Yeah, I I really enjoy getting out as long as the weather isn't too extreme. It's pretty nice to go for a walk. Air is pretty fresh and it's relaxing.
2: Yeah, and it gets cold there too. Yeah, pretty cold. Yeah, being Canadian, I know about that. Yeah, (laughs) I can't imagine you do. Yeah. Black jackets with you too. So, please to do. Um, I don't want to get in details about how PTSD, how um, like you know, what like what what happened to you, for for you to have PTSD. But uh, do you remember a time before PTSD, or uh, like, do you remember when it entered your life? How old you were, or anything like that? Well, what
3: I can say is that I don't think I really know. Uh, I don't think I know a life before PTSD, I was diagnosed when I was 15, 16 years old. Uh, What happened was that I started struggling a lot, uh, like years before I actually got the diagnosis, but I really started struggling when I was um, like 15 years old and I tried to keep myself together and not break down and... (laughs) What happened was that I was in school and we were watching this documentary about people in in North Korea and they did interviews because they were doing this musical thing. And what happens is that during this documentary, you have this one shot of them sitting together at a table talking to each other about what happened to them in a way where they're kind of laughing at it and joking around with the issues they had experienced and how it affected them and then the next shot they would be sitting one-on-one on on camera uh, having trauma reactions and crying and I remember I got furious with my entire class because everybody was like oh we don't believe them because they are laughing at one side of it and then on the other one they are crying it's not believable and I remember, I stood up and I, I screamed, I was so angry, I screamed at them, like, can't you see that it's a defense mechanism? If you go through something like that, and you you pretend like things are fine for a while, you will crack, because you do pretend you're fine. And the teacher just said, like, yeah, it is correct, and people who have this, they struggle with something called post-traumatic stress disorder for the rest of their lives. I was like, what the is that? (laughs) What is that? And that's when I sat down and read about it. And I just started therapy at this point in my life. And I was like, yeah, this is very relatable. I, I can see myself in, in all of these things that I, the diagnosis brings up, like being, uh, I very tense, uh, having flashbacks, uh, jumping at every little noise. Was very, very real to me.
2: Yeah. So PTSD, I guess. I guess to, the PTSD is your normal feeling. Eh? You didn't. You don't know anything else besides PTSD because you don't. You don't even remember when it entered your life.
3: No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that. I it kind of snuck up on me that way.
2: So being in that classroom was your first time ever knowing what all this was going on, or sorry, the first, being in the classroom, that was your first like notion of, you know, you might have PTSD? Yeah, it
3: was a moment where I was like, oh, maybe I am not like everybody else, maybe something is different, maybe... There is a label for what I'm going through because I did know already I was struggling. I had suicidal thoughts years before this happened. Yeah. So I knew, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was.
2: That must have been so horrible because you said yourself you're having suicidal thoughts and you don't even know why you're having these thoughts, I guess. and You don't know why you're having the feelings you're having.
3: Yeah, it was pretty confusing, but I think back then I was at the same time still a master of what I'm a master of today, which is avoiding my own feelings, because I, I tend to just put them into this tiny little box, put it over there, and pretend like it's not there. It doesn't exist. I don't know it. I am busy focusing on whatever is going on at this side, yeah, or just the other side, and I just pretend like nothing's wrong.
2: Well, sometimes keeping I, busy really helps, eh? It helps us focus our mind and keep it off the bad stuff.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not necessarily a good thing, but it kind of just happens, fall
2: into that. Did you talk to anybody after that day in class about the, all this? Or was that bottled up too?
3: No, I was kind of ashamed. I felt it was really uncomfortable to talk to anybody about it because they were having this attitude towards me. Or I felt like I was having this attitude that, oh my god, you're overreacting, you're being dramatic. Why are you why are you being this way? I felt like they didn't like me anymore because I got upset that they couldn't see something that in my eyes was obvious because for me it, it was it was weird that they didn't see it and then i kind of realized how distant i was from them yeah i was different i understood something they did and it was like oh i'm speaking a different language and they don't and now i don't know how to talk to them about anything anymore so I think I just snuck out of the classroom and went home. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or you could have been the only one brave enough to say anything. Yeah,
3: that's possible too.
2: Yeah. I know a lot but of times I am when I was uh, younger in school. I was always too scared to say anything. I right, I was so full of anxiety through my whole time in school. That I was always too scared to say anything. So.
3: I think I was more, I, I was anxious, but I was more a fight or flight type in the classroom. I would fight my teachers. I would fight the other students. I would, yeah, always have something to <laughs> to say. Yeah. And I usually piss people off. That's probably a little bit about why. I, I got bullied a lot, and I think, I think maybe that's a bit of the reason for why. Because <laughs> now when I think back to it, it's like, yeah, that was horrible, but at the same time, There was some moments there where my social antennas were not were not on top.
2: Yeah, better. And you got bullied too. I mean, that's trauma in itself, right there. Yeah, got a lot
3: of trauma.
2: This, uh, do you remember what age this was going on? Uh,
3: it started my first year in school because where I live is not where I'm from. Okay, I'm really from this tiny group of islands called Lofoten but we moved to a town called Buda uh to um my my parents were gonna um my, my mom was gonna study and uh, she was traveling back and forth and they couldn't do that anymore so we just moved all of us there and then I am showing up there with a different uh different Norwegian accent and uh, <laughs> a lot of strong opinions and I I just didn't really fit in. I remember when I met the other kids, they just didn't like me right away. It's like instant dislike. You are different than us, and we don't want to sit with you. And it was a fairly small school, um, even though it was in a bigger city than where I was from. Mm.
2: So I just didn't, didn't fit in when I arrived. That's tough, man. It was. Yeah, because you're in a whole strange place with strange people. That sounds tough. So how yeah. long, uh, how long were you stay were you staying there? How long were you in school there? <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> uh,
3: well, at this time, I think I was about five years old, so I was there for seven years and then it was another school for three years, then three more years after that. But I couldn't make it those last three years because I got so sick I had to drop out because that breakdown I had where I was screaming at my classmates for not understanding the whole documentary. I it was on my during those uh, last three years, it was the one in the middle, of the second year. That was when I I got upset with them, and then when I was gonna start the last year and just be done with school <coughs> and be able, to do it, I got so I got so sick I had to drop out. So I didn't make it.
2: This was high school, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I can't imagine. I mean, I was full of anxiety, but to have to to have the PTSD that you had. And then to move to a whole other place with all these new people that you are saying just you couldn't blend with, must have felt so alone.
3: It was pretty isolating. I spent, like, I did try and connect with a few people every now and then, and they did try to connect with me as well, but it just didn't work out. So I spent most of my time sitting by myself, writing poems or... uh, I just drawing, doing things that I I enjoyed. Reading a lot. Yeah. Learning new things. So that, of course, cost me to spend both my time in school trying to learn something, and then when I got home, I just spent time learning something more. So I would always come and try and be a show off at school, gotcha. yeah. <laughs> which didn't really help.
2: <laughs> well, you're trying. I, I get that because you're trying to fit in with people. You're trying to you know get to know some people so what better way I guess say to show off.
3: Yeah. And there, there was one good thing though, there was the internet. I grew up with the internet and since I did that, I I was able to log on somewhere after a few years I found online forums and <laughs> mm-hmm. MSN where I could sit and chat with people from other places in the world. So I, I was very quick learning English, talking to people after school, just <laughs> writing, a lot of the things I'm still doing today. So I I kind of found this online community pretty fast. So I found friends. I just never saw them in person.
2: MSN. I haven't heard that in so long. I know, right? (laughs) I remember MSN, (laughs) yes. Uh, Just want to say hello to Jennifer, to David, and Rhonda. Thanks for watching. Hello, Bridget. And hey, Mitchell. What's up, buddy?
3: Mitchell's here. That's cool.
2: Yeah. Davis watching David does his uh you see him end up doing the pictures with, uh, with the fishing all the time so oh, okay. you went through to school and uh, things were tight and everything you started showing off did the showing off work no no <laughs> not at all you didn't get hurt doing did you? Did you didn't get hurt doing any showing off did you uh, no, the,
3: I, I ended up in more trouble. Oh, yeah? But, uh, I, I I didn't really start doing that. It was just more a thing. I have this funny story I tell people of, uh, like, if somebody asks me, like, why were you bullied? I'm like, well, first of all, I'm from a fisherman's island. I speak in a very raw thumb. It's like my my language, a normal part of my language is cursing. Right. So if I, that's just. I, I don't think that I'm cursing. It's just like, if I want to see, say that somebody's really cool, I will be like, he's really fucking awesome. <laughs> or I will uh, I will call him a horse stick. Yeah, he's a horse stick Because you can say that in Norwegian. You can call somebody a horse stick and be like, yeah, that means he's a good guy. Or he can be like, no, he's an ass. It depends on how to <laughs> say it and when. So <laughs> I had that very strongly with me, even more than the town I moved into, so I was like very raw that way, and on top of that, I I spent a lot of time uh, (laughs) investing my energy into things that I found interesting, so if I read something that I found interesting, which also could be something we were working on in school, one of my classmates could have a presentation trying to show that, oh, I learned this thing, and we are getting tested on it, and I was like, anybody has any comments to that? And I'm like, And so, right away, like, put my hand up, and they're like, yeah, (laughs) Aiden. And I start my entire feedback with just, (gasps) just pulling my breath in like that, and I start talking. And it all is basically four minutes of me saying, actually, you're wrong, because you missed on this thing, you missed on that thing, and that thing you said there is not really true, because it was debunked, and blah, blah, blah. Uh... And I've thought about it in later years, like being that kid standing up there and then having the brainiac kid in the classroom tearing you apart That's gotta be awful, too. And I I didn't understand like this is not something that's socially acceptable to do Mm. but I did it and I think I think I
0: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: I needed to have something that made me the person I was because I had a lot of Uh, people telling me from different angles in my life, I had my parents telling me like, oh, you need to be more social, you need to be more girly, you need to wear more pink, you need to be more um, outgoing, you need to stop writing poems, you need to stop doing this, you need to stop doing that. And then in school, people told me that, why are you speaking so weird? Your dialect is wrong. So I started speaking a different dialect to try and fit in. Uh, Why are you wearing these clothes? Uh, Why are you doing this? Like, we don't like that you are different. We don't like that you are different. It's like over and over. And it made me, in the end, after I think I did that for seven years before I was so fed up. I was like, you know, I don't care anymore. I'm going to wear all black, listen to heavy metal music, and I don't care about any of you. I don't I'm not even going to try to have friends. Yeah. Because I was just fed up at that point; couldn't
2: take it anymore. Well, you worked so hard (laughs) trying to fit in there. Like, holy! I can see why you got fed up. Yeah. How was home life? Was home life supportive? Not at all. No.
3: Uh, I got um, got a family that looked pretty healthy on the outside but it wasn't too healthy on the inside, uh, there was um, it was a lot of issues and um, kind of working through a lot of that in therapy these days and uh, it was like when I go through it in mean, there, it's kind of shocking how much how much more worse it was for me than I thought it was. Because I thought for almost 20 years or something that this is what normal families do, but it, it wasn't. So I had in my early 20s, I had to pull myself out of that and just not have any connections with them anymore because it just didn't work for me. And it caused me to really struggle with my trauma, really struggle with a lot of emotional and physical pain. And I just couldn't be there anymore. I needed to get away for my own good. If wow. thought so I would never have been able to to um, do anything with my life. Because at that point, I was I was just a few weeks away from being. Um, it's like, they, this, you know, when you get disabled, they go through this process. They, You get to all the papers, they look through the papers, they try and figure out if you can work or not. And then they say yes or no to if you're going to be disabled or not and get support. Mm-hmm. And I was just a few weeks away from that. And <laughs> I, I, I just figured out, like, this is not... Gonna work for me. I need to clean my life up, and I need to do what's right for me. And instead, I ended up starting a company and doing my own thing.
2: Yeah, I I, I hate hearing that because uh, not the company thing, the the home thing. The uh, I, I hate hearing it because I always look at your home should be your safe space or safe space. So for for you not to have this the support that you need at home, I mean. It's bad enough you're like i said you're in a different place you're around different people and on top of that my buddy you're not getting the support at home like there are so many so many triggers around you while you're going through all this while you're going through school where where was your support did you have any support at all
3: no i i didn't i had uh i had music that I listened to, I had, um, I had books I wrote in, I had uh, ways to express myself and that was about, about everything. They did try, CPS did try at one point to get in there and try and help me out, but the laws were kind of weird built back then so they couldn't really pull me out without figuring out like, yeah, this is abuse, this is not okay and we have proof. Until they had done that, they couldn't pull me out of there, which and yeah it just ended up with me being there, and I remember I was like counting years and days and months and hours before I would be a grown- up and I could move out of there and do my own thing and just be separated from it all. Uh, I did move out pretty quick soon as soon as I had the
2: chance. really yeah.
3: yeah, really early. I think it was just a few months after I turned eighteen, I was out of there.
2: Did you cut contacts, or did you stay in touch, you know, contact with them?
3: Not yet. I, I, Back then, I didn't realize how bad it was. I thought, okay, they're a bit stressed out, they're a bit controlling, they just want to know I'm doing well, and they just care. They just care a bit too much. Yeah, I got you. But there's a difference between caring and driving after your car, uh, your kid in a car to pay attention to what they're doing. I like, that, that's creepy. You don't do that especially when you're grown-ups.
2: Yeah Hey Tracy, how's it going? Um, yeah. So you kept instead of having support it sounds like you kept super busy
3: Yeah <laughs> and What am I doing now? Yeah? <laughs> <That's> um, <it.
2: laughs> you're I'm, I've known you for a few years and you're one of the busiest people. I know and that's almost a defense in itself i know lots of people who with their ptsd they keep their mind active it's not so like the itty bitty shitty committee doesn't affect you so much
3: yeah uh i actually um saw um a tiktok on that because i have been ended i ended up on tiktok during the pandemic okay um Just watching other people's videos and there's a lot of therapists on there now who talks about this thing I think they call it like trauma overdrive uh, Or something like that Which kind of says that it's like you are doing so much you're working so intense you have all this energy This insane amount of energy and you're just working really really hard for a really long time and then you crash Yeah You can do that for years and that's pretty much what i've been doing i that's the thing that's really fascinating is like right before i caught contact with my parents i think it's like six or seven years now i was super depressed i was uh putting a lot of stuff into my body i shouldn't be putting in there um i was drinking a lot and um Yeah, things were just not good. I couldn't function at work. I couldn't function anywhere. I could barely get out of bed in the morning. And my doctor and me, we were trying to figure out how to get all these papers in order to get me disabled. And next thing you know, I'm walking into his office and he's like, yeah, do you have everything you need? Are all the papers okay? And I just start laughing and I look at him and I'm like, hey man, (laughs) I started a company. (laughs) He's like why (laughs) why why are you starting a company you're like almost disabled yeah Uh, are you sure this is a good idea and i'm like yeah i'm sure it's a good idea i'm I'm gonna try it and then i did that and now i have uh some parts of my life i've been doing like two full-time jobs at a time and a full-time like right now i'm studying full-time and i'm doing two full-time like one full-time job running a company, and I have this other job where I'm kind of uh, working full-time as well. So I'm like home, sleep for a few hours, and then back to it. And it's it's intense, but at least the committee you were talking about, they're over there, and I don't have to think about them because I don't have time. Any pets? Not anymore. Um, I uh, have... Surprisingly enough, I've been lucky enough to end up uh, marrying an amazing guy, and he's allergic, so there's no pets. And it's for the best, because I can't sit still for a long time,
2: so I travel a lot. You said you uh, married an amazing guy. Um, Can we ask how you met? I actually saw him on the bus when I was 15. (laughs) Hang on, man! Let me just point that out. That that's a big thing, riding on the bus with PTSD. That's a hard thing for a lot of people. Public transportation. Public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being in public. You, yeah. So way to go there. But not only did you travel on public transportation, you're meeting people. Hey, eh? that's, uh, that's, that's something to uh, commend. Hey, Richard, thanks for watching.
3: Yeah, it was not easy being around people, but I had to force myself out there. I did try and hide and not go out. Uh, But you can only do that for so long. I I did stay in sometimes months at a time. And I was like, okay, if I go to the mailbox, somebody's going to murder me. (laughs) You know, that paranoia where you're just listening to every little noise from the street or from the house or the building or whatever. And you are... Convincing yourself that it's something that it's not Uh, I did do that a lot and I just didn't go out but I had to force myself out in the end and It was really hard being around people sure it is but Especially when you get to that point where your PTSD just kind of grows out. It's like blooming with symptoms and problems you've not faced before, so I remember just having people understand that it's not going to be funny for anyone at all if you run up to me and jump scare me. I, if you want to do that, that's on you. That's your own risk. If you end up with a broken nose, I don't care. Mm. You, you Consider yourself world-world. You're warned. <laughs> Like, don't do that. Um, Because I would either jump back at them or I would collapse and end up being picked up in an ambulance and driven to the hospital to take tests and stuff like that. And just having people understand that, like, don't jump scare me like that. Don't scare me. Don't scream. Don't uh, pretend like you're going to punch me. Like, you play fight with me. I don't know how to play fight. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that took forever and a lot of people just didn't respect that because they thought it was funny I remember like my friends telling me uh, when I got to that point that I started getting real friendships I had a lot of people tell me that uh, Some people thought it was funny even to walk up to me scare the crap out of me see me pass out and have uh, PVC reactions, and then get picked up in an ambulance because they thought I did it for
2: attention. Are you shitting me? No. That I wish that, I was. That's a little. That's a little fucked up, man. <laughs> like what the fuck? Just to see what she does. Well, let's do this. I got a bunch <laughs> of fucking paper bags and shit. Bah! That's not. That's not cool, man. Um. Yeah. Uh, I got to calm down because that pisses me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I can that's, just, right that's just wrong,
3: man. <laughs> yeah, but it's I, like i I don't <laughs> I don't blame them either because they don't know any better. No, so. it's True. stupidity. It's like uh, if you don't know that somebody has an allergy, then you don't know they they can't eat they can't eat the food you're making them if Mm. they can't drink milk and they don't yeah Mm. yeah and especially if it's something like ptsd and you tell them uh if you do this i will faint, fall onto the floor maybe hit my head and then i will start shaking because i had these um physical reactions where my entire body was shaking and I would twitch and I could barely breathe and If I was really lucky and hit the full jackpot, I would even piss myself <laughs> And try explaining that to somebody and be, uh, have them all like oh, yeah, fuck sh- shit I don't want to have that happen to you. They would be like yeah, right. Ha <laughs> That's a good one It's
2: true, man. So
3: Yeah, they didn't get it until
2: it happened it's true. Like I don't. Oh my god! Just to see the reaction. Tracy says uh, yes, same. If I uh, hit you in the face with an elbow, sorry, you were warned. That's true, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David agrees with me. It's fucked up for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. See, I'm I'm finally uh, like among people who get it. It's
2: like yes. Not cool. PTSD buddies get it. Tracy's right shame on them for doing that. That's not that's messed up. Oh Are you scared of sharks? Well come check out my sailboat sailing. I, I think it. the worst
3: was I even had a person I know with pretty bad PTSD herself Like run up to me and jump scare me and lucky enough for her I heard her running because it was like she's not running uh, on concrete, she's running on a material where I can hear her feet, so I could hear her come behind me, and I managed to turn around. And this is like just a few years back, or like two years back or something. And I was like, you were really lucky now. Like, you were this close to being punched in the face, just a warning.
2: Mm-hmm. That'd be like <laughs> if I threw a spider at my wife
3: that's not
2: popular is it she would mess me up man yeah, I think <laughs> yeah she's she not she's not good with spiders <laughs> man um uh, i wouldn't provide her <laughs> so you're on let's go back you're on the bus did he sit mm-hmm. next did your husband sit next to you did you sit next to him how'd that go down
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky
1: in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: I was sitting a bit further back in the bus, actually, and he just walks onto the bus and it was crowded, so he had to stand. Yep. So he's standing there with a leather jacket and uh, a bass guitar on his back or a guitar or something. He
2: had a guitar. Oh wow,
3: he's gorgeous! Yeah, I, I get it. Did.
2: Looking all <laughs> sexy with the guitar and everything. Wow,
3: it was he was nice, <laughs> and I was like, I'm never gonna end up with him. And jokes on me. Here I am.
2: Yeah, <laughs> We've so the, been together for seven years. Amazing. Did he talk to you first? Who broke the ice?
3: Uh, well, that's that's a complicated story. Wow. None of us did. Um. <clears throat> Uh, actually, what happened is that um, I kept seeing him everywhere. He would show up, <laughs> he would play in bands, he would be doing sound checks on concerts, because at this point I started doing I like, running this music organization with uh, his, a friend that's not really a friend anymore. He's a brother, right. and he's also got PTSD, and we've been through hell together. We have seen a lot of tough times, and... Uh, we probably like we're siblings to, today uh, <laughs> about the stupidest things, which I love. So I, I have a family, <laughs> but it's not quite blood. Yep. And <laughs> he, uh, me and him, we did this music organization and arranged concerts. And this guy popped up and then uh, I got together. I got a boyfriend who was in this organization with us. That was like on and off, like typical teenage drama. Just didn't work. And then... Mikar, who I am with now, he would show up yet again to do another soundcheck do- job and I'm like so annoyed because he's always there, he's gorgeous, I know in my mind, I can't be with him. So I just get so upset and I turn around to my boyfriend at a time and I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? He's everywhere. <laughs> he's like, oh, that's my little brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like,
2: okay, I'm nice. going, I, I need to go pee, bye <laughs> yep. I was going to say um, he noticed you on the bus maybe and he was following you around But that's, that's no, cool, no brother, that's me. cool
3: <laughs> So uh, we, we, after that I I got to know him a little bit It was like, hey, how are you, do you want some coffee? Uh, I would like show up hmm. Uh, hours earlier than I needed to for these concerts, just to to see him. If I knew he was doing sound check and give him coffee, this was after me and um, the boyfriend broke up, and he's he's not around anymore. He um, struggled uh, with the depression himself and ended up committing suicide. After I've known him for about ten months or something, which was devastating. And after that, uh, me and Michal kept our distance for, I don't know, another 10 years or something. Uh, a long, long time. And the only thing that made us realize that we were interested in, ch- in each other was that I got out of a really bad relationship years after that. And I was like, I'm going to be alone for a while. But hey, Tinder, let's meet people. Uh, uh, and <laughs> he shows up on my Tinder and I'm like, yeah, he's nice, he's nice point And then, He he swipes me back, and I'm like, (gasps) like, full panic. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I was awkward around him when I was younger, so he probably just swiped me to check if I was, yeah. As it it probably looked like at the time. And then I figured out, no, he actually liked me too, which was shocking to me because I didn't think that somebody that great could like somebody like me. It was was too distant
2: to me to imagine that. I'm sorry you feel that way because I know myself and Tracy and a lot of other people that we know that know you. We all think you're amazing. Likewise to all of you. You work (laughs) fucking too hard. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) dude. The reason why I'm asking so Uh, much about your husband is... um, With my dealings with PTSD buddies, that's something that's come up a lot is um, people who are single and have PTSD are really struggling with the dating scene. It's tough. It's tough getting out there when you have fucking social anxiety, you know? Well, you know, of course you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of my law. I can't help but say that. You know what I mean? But it's not only that.
3: It can be so much to it. It's just letting your guard down, trusting somebody, uh, trying to stay safe that they are not going to do to you what others did to you. And you might also have experienced sexual abuse where you're like, I don't even want anybody to hug me. I don't want to look at myself in the mirror. I want to wear a big, big black bag and pretend like I'm not here. And that makes, uh, um, that makes it also even more intense. I, I I thought and actually wanted to for a long time, I thought I was going to end up alone and I wanted to be alone and I self-sabotaged a lot of my relationships because I didn't feel safe. And yep. I think that's a uh, thing a lot of us struggle with,
2: to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people I've heard, too, say they don't feel like they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, there's guilt and everything.
3: Exactly. <clears throat> That's what I thought. It's like I did think back then that I didn't deserve being with somebody as cool as him. And if there's one thing this relationship taught me is that, you know, I am actually not too bad myself. <laughs> no. And uh, I do deserve to be happy as well.
2: Yeah. But that is. You do. We all do. And I can understand why you f- you felt the way you did, my friend, because you, know, you, uh, you weren't feeling the love from at home. So why would it, you know, it's going to feel different from anywhere. If you're not feeling it from a young age, it's going to feel weird to you, right? You're going to feel like you don't deserve it. But you exactly. do. I mean, it's amazing. You have everything that's happened to you. And you are working at fucking more jobs than a fucking single mom who lives in a shoe with eight kids.
3: <laughs> yeah, but then again, that single mom is badass too. I could, I couldn't do that. I find that so impressive. It's like, I just when I hang out with my niece and my nephew, I'm dead.
2: <laughs> it's Like two hours of that. Wow. Yeah. Where's the energy? But you've learned to use your work as a way to cope with your PTSD.
3: Yeah, I I have always felt that if I am going through all of this, not only just suffering from being bullied and struggling uh, at home, but also struggling as a grown-up, Uh, with a lot of trauma there too, if I'm going to go through all of that to not do anything with it then I find it hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel I'm just in a dark room and it's just never getting any better and what I'm thinking is that I need to I need to at least be able to get out there and show other people who might struggle with PTSD as well, that you don't necessarily have to be disabled for life, you don't have to sit in that pain forever, there might be a chance that you can get some of your life quality back, because that is a lot of dealing with PTSD in my eyes, like you have to uh, you have to reclaim your own life, because there's so many things that get taken away from us. We are supposed to do the normal things, just like hang out with your niece and your nephew for a, for a couple of hours on a Saturday, having pizza and playing playing with dolls or whatever they want to do, watch TV. And you should be able to go to family gatherings if your family is cool. You should be able to go hiking in the mountains if you want to go hiking in the mountains. And if you want as well, a career like I, have been dreaming of my entire childhood. I want to be the master of what I'm doing. I want to be so good at it that I create a new standard for what people are doing after. Uh, They've seen my work. They want to do similar stuff. I want to be that good. And I am refusing to let my trauma and my PTSD take that away from me because a part of me feels like they win. The people who hurt me, they win. And I know it's kind of a childish way to look at it, but that's at least what has been keeping me going forward, that I I need to use it for something constructive, and I refuse to let it kill me. I love that. It's been, it's been pretty close a few times, or more than a few times. It's been way, way too close.
2: You're a fucking fighter. <laughs> um, I try to be. I want to mention about your work, because I do follow your work on Instagram, and anyone who's watching, uh, if you want to follow uh, her work on Instagram, she's an amazing photographer. I love your pictures on Instagram. I am one of your biggest fans. Uh, I can't remember the name of your Instagram, but if you want to say it out or write it in a comment, by all means, let our, let our viewers know, because it's you're doing amazing stuff.
3: Thanks. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that.
2: I tried to I order some it. of the fucking clothes that you guys wear on a, on there. So I want, I want, oh, I, I want, it, I want oh. it for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 the lane things. Yeah, yeah,
3: Eric Cavallini, I think it was. But, Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I can send something from there if I go, <laughs> if I go to Italy next time and I draw five. It's a tiny little store. It's awesome. Uh, really nice team and yeah. Yeah. No, no, that was not the one. That's a different one. Oh yeah. I think the yeah, Erica Caravallini is in Milan, but the one you liked was in Livorno, and it's called it's called something else. I can't. I know the name, but I can't pull it out on the top of my head right now. But yeah. it's very
2: nice. I don't know. It's. Uh, I think some of my favorite uh, photos from you are your black and white ones. I don't know. There's something about a bit of black and white photo that really. Changes the way it looks and I never even thought about black-and-white photos until I started following you on Instagram and seeing Just a different way you set up. It's not just the picture and the colors. It's the way you set it all up. You're talented Very cool. Very cool It's, Very
3: funny. Cool. it's Tracy. really funny that about the black-and-white because a lot of people think I'm a black-and-white photographer and I'm like, how do you why <laughs> I do just as much black-and-white mm-hmm. as I do color and sometimes I do even more color than yeah. black-and-white I uh, it's like I get that feedback a lot like oh, you're the black and white photographer and I'm like why and people are like really? You don't get why people say that you don't get it? I'm like no, I, I, I don't but I guess it's because I Have always liked black and white because it's It's a lot in a lot of ways you're freezing the moment more than if you're doing it in color and to pull off a better like a really good black and white photo It takes a lot of effort. You need to be uh, really, really sure what you want. I
2: think. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's a great way to express yourself. It
3: is.
2: Tracy also says that your photo skills are out of this world. She also agrees that you are a fighter, and she mentions there about uh, being a mom. Tracy, shout out to you, uh, dealing with PTSD. Vet uh, soldier husband and your mom, you are a busy lady too.
3: She is, and I am definitely coming over there again to take a break from work and hang out. I'm <laughs> just saying, I actually met Tracy in person a few years ago. I remember ago. that. Oh, it was awesome sitting at her place doing live videos.
2: I don't know if the city's ready, I don't know if the city got over the last time you guys got together. <laughs> It was great. Yeah,
3: they were. You better just deal with it. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's so my I favorite thing so. about that about our Facebook page is the buddies getting together. It is, um, and I hope to not even more. Am I allowed to talk more about your husband? Yeah. Um. It's gonna feel so weird because he asked me actually, like, can I watch
3: this somewhere while you guys are doing it? And I'm like, no, you're not in the group. And he's like, okay, will it be posted after? And I'm like, yeah, maybe.
2: <laughs> love, love from the command sometime uh, I've done buddy chats with uh, where the husband joins or the wife joins in. So he's always at- He's always welcome. Plus, he's a guitar player. I love music. Yeah, then you'd have a lot to talk about. Yeah. I hope, I hope I get to meet both of you someday. Um, yeah, I like it. Does, when you first started dating him, when did you start talking about your PTSD? And when you did, did he understand what, what PTSD was about?
3: Uh, I started talking about PTSD right away. Because at this point, when I entered the relationship, I was fed up with... Uh, Having somebody understand that they were fake, because PTSD when you when you come into a relationship and you don't have PTSD and you end up somebody with PTSD, it can be pretty brutal. Uh, Cause it is a lot. I understand why a lot of people around us struggle with like their own kind of PTSD symptoms, because like you can get secondary PTSD or something. I think it's called. Yes. And I understand why that happens because it's very, very intense. Mm. And um my husband has had to deal with me uh going on drinking benches trying to avoid myself, uh trying to so off from those drinking benches. He's dealt with me uh self harming he's dealt with me breaking doors, uh crack the toilet in half. <laughs> during an anxiety attack once. I pushed wow. my back into it and it broke. Uh, so it's it's intense, and I, I just wanted to let him know right away, like, hey, I have this thing I'm dealing with. Um, I am trying to manage it. I'm trying to do therapy, and I will probably have to deal with this for the rest of my life. But it's not good, um, and I want you to know Before we start up, if you feel like this is too much for you to handle, then let me know if you want out, because I understand. And I had to tell him this, too, because I actually met him at the worst year in my life. Really? Uh, Yeah. uh, We got together on the worst year in my life, because this was, like, during the time I told my parents, or I didn't tell them, I just left. Yeah. I just left. I cut all contact. They live about 10 minutes away from me in a car, and I haven't spoken to them in 7 years. Wow. So I let him know, like, my life is a a mess, (laughs) just so you know. And, um, it made him understand more why he wasn't going to meet the in-laws, and uh, it made it easier for him to explain to his parents, like, no, we are not going to be celebrating Christmas, because I don't celebrate Christmas. So he comes there, like, he goes there for dinner by himself. I don't go there at all. I I lay on the couch and I vomit in a bucket while watching Harry Potter. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> That's my Christmas. So since life has kind of had to adapt to my trauma a little bit that way, I needed to tell him right away. Yeah. And uh, he's like, okay, cool. Now I know. And for some reason, I didn't manage to scare him away. So (laughs) I guess that was a good move on my end. It worked. But I think I was really lucky that it was him and he just didn't judge.
2: That's very cool and so good to hear. You deserve that support, my buddy. You deserve that support. And I'm so happy to hear that you're getting that. He sounds like a great man. He is. It took him a long time to understand what PTSD was, but... (laughs) Best. It means a lot uh, that someone's willing to take that time to learn, though. Yeah. I know when I first started dealing with PTSD after my time in Afghanistan, my mom went down to the fucking recruiting center and demanded DVDs or books on whatever the hell post-traumatic stress disorder is because it took away her son. Her words. Yeah. Wow,
3: that's
2: beautiful. It is. It is. It's, I, I love hearing that, right? It, Just knowing that someone gives a shit.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Instead of doing that, get a grip. Yeah. You know, we get that way more often than we get, oh, what's that like? I'm sorry, I don't want to pressure you to talk, so you only answer if you're comfortable doing that.
2: Exactly. You you don't get that a lot. Yeah. And you guys are obviously doing something right? Seven years, still together? Yeah. We have moments where... (laughs) We really are pissed off at each other, but what couple doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. yeah, exactly. My wife beats me up all the time. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm joking, Vanessa. She's probably going to watch this, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: well, in that case, we can say uh, we we'll love Vanessa. She's awesome, and I think you got a good one, too.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm lucky. Very lucky. I married up. Guaranteed, I married up. I I
3: remember I was thinking that about her when I read your book. I was like, "Wow, what an amazing person!" Mm. There's this part where you're writing about how she's refusing to to leave you alone when you're struggling with your PTSD and you're just not. You're trying to isolate yourself. She's like, "No, not gonna let you do that."
2: I love that. She still does it. She still yeah. Yeah, and I still have my moments, fuck, but, but keep moving forward. That's what you do, sure. right? We exactly. find things to keep us busy. I'm not as busy as you, but I work on.
3: them. We're busy enough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Tracy, look at Tracy. God I love her, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tra- Tracy, shit at you. You, um, you have a soldier husband. A baby PTSD, you're doing it all. And if I'm really sorry people are giving you a hard time, Tracy, because it's not just a soldier that has PTSD. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. PTSD affects everybody. It doesn't just affect soldiers. It fucking affects animals and everything else for Jesus' sake. Yeah. I love oh yeah, PTSD? Oh, did you serve overseas? <laughs> I'm a soldier that pisses me off. I can't imagine what people who aren't soldiers are like (laughs) Uh, Tracy says she's proud of you for putting up boundaries though with your parents
3: Yeah, I I don't think I would have made it if I didn't Yeah Have they ever tried to reach out to you? Oh, yeah, they occasionally try Uh, Last year on my it's like I hate my birthday. I don't celebrate my birthday. Because usually if they try to get in touch with me, it's going to be on my birthday. Uh, not this year, but the year before that, they sent me a message. It's like, happy birthday. And I think it was like the year after I cut ties with them, I got an email saying that, uh, thank you. Yeah, like, hey, happy birthday! Uh, we have understood by now that you want nothing to do with us, but we think it's sad you're splitting up the family over a stupid misunderstanding. It's like, oh, happy birthday to me! I'm stupid. <laughs> Great, <laughs> like you're calling me stupid. Come on, like this is not how you're gonna get me to talk to you again. That's just not gonna work.
2: Yeah. Oh nah. God, aren't you over it yet? That's yeah a, that's another one eh like
3: because they, they immediately jumped on everybody like relatives uh, friends and stuff like that and told the real story that's <laughs> my, yeah and in the real story I'm losing my shit for no reason at all over an apartment and then I move out uh, in anger refusing to talk to them again. Like wow, well, okay. If this really was about an apartment, I I am I am not so unreasonable that I will cut people out of my life or stuff like that. I worked in politics for ten years. God damn it! <laughs> I saw some stuff in there that would have been like way way easier to cut people out for, but yeah important. It's like I'm very patient with people. I want to give them a chance as many times as possible. And I have in recent years learned as well that if I do mess up with them and I do react too quickly, I go back, I say like apolog- I apologize for my parts and I try to reconnect with them. I just did with a that with a friend uh, about two weeks ago and it's great.
2: Yeah. It's
3: really, really great.
2: I think you're doing everything right, girl. I do. Okay. I, I I know you're like me. You struggle from time to time, but you got you got a good man, and you're you're creating boundaries where you need. You're keeping your mind busy. You fucking help a lot of people in PTSD, buddies. I see that all the time.
3: I I try to drop in and check up on people, guys. Yeah. yeah, I just know it can be a wild ride.
2: Yeah. Definitely. You've helped me with my PTSD personally. So, you're doing a lot of good stuff. I'm proud of you. I didn't know. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And we love you too, Tracy. We do. You you fucking crazy New Yorker. (laughs) Oh, she's cursing here in the comments. Uh. I didn't notice. (laughs) Well, that's fine by me. Yeah. Can you believe she's fucking cursing? On our oh live God. video, on our fucking feed, in our fucking comment section. I know. She she, she's such a shit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. I hope she's laughing over there right now. I think she. Is. Yeah, <laughs> I would. <laughs>
2: I love doing these things, man. Because I, you, you, and the other admins always crack me up.
3: Yeah, it's a lot of fun being on that team yeah. i love it it's like sometimes i've been asking myself do i really have time to do this and i let you guys know like hey i'm trying to build rome in the rest of italy and in all of europe today and i hope to be done today i'm sorry you won't be hearing from me for a while and you're like okay cool good luck <laughs> mm-hmm. and to find some who is patient with me like that it's not too common I have had to quit a lot of jobs um, things that I enjoy doing just because I can't be available long enough so it's been very great that I have a group of patient people like that and also somebody who understands PTSD, somebody I can laugh with and have nice conversations with mm. sometimes even if I just need to rant, like, I'm pissed off I am angry, and here's
2: why.
3: Yeah. It means a lot to me.
2: I won't keep up much more of your time. I know we've been talking an hour. Um, it's been a full hour? It's been an hour. Can you believe it? Wow. Well, I don't know. What, no. <laughs> um, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself when you were younger, would you get, do you have any advice that you would give yourself? Or what would you say to yourself?
3: I wouldn't give myself any advice. I think, honestly, I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't even confront myself. I would not even say... Like, a part of me wants to say that I would walk over there and say, like, hey, it's gonna turn out okay in the end. Mm -hmm. But then again, if I was walking around growing up through all of that thinking that it was all going to turn out okay in the end i would never have taken responsibility for a lot of the stuff that i've taken responsibility for so i think if i was going back to do anything at all it would be to observe myself in order to heal where i am today because this is the part with ptsd that i both And I sometimes kind of like it as well that you constantly need to evolve and grow and heal from your trauma. Uh, you can't just be like, okay, I'm going to the hospital for surgery to fix my broken foot and then I'm good again after a couple of months. Uh, this is a lot like lifelong project and it sucks, but
2: damn, you broke. Well, you're beating PTSD, and I think part of the reason why you're beating PTSD is you work so damn hard at it. And that's the thing about PTSD, and this is for anyone who's watching. If if you're trying to beat PTSD, first of all, you're not going to be the person you once were. That person is gone. But you can be something better. I always picture PTSD as, picture a, a swimmer, person who loves swimming. But they almost drowned. So now they're on the the shoreline, and they're standing there. And all they want to do is to go swimming again. But they can't. They're scared of the water. Now, if they just stand there on that shoreline, they're going to be safe. But they'll always be scared of that water. Until finally one day, they put a toe in. And then the next day, they put two toes. Third day, they put a foot. By the end of the week, they're standing in the water. And it keeps building and building until they're finally in the water again. I'm sorry, everybody, but unless you work at your PTSD, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better by sitting in your basement. It's not going to get better unless you get out there. And I'm not saying get out there and get in the middle of a fucking crowd and try to be calm. No. But if you're scared to go outside, then step outside for a minute, step back inside. Just improve a little bit every day and eventually It'll get better. I promise you. I fucking promise you. You have to work at it. I'm working at it. My buddy Errol's working at it. Fucking harder than I am. God love her. <laughs> but we work at it. Right? We work at it by being a member of PTSD Buddies and putting up comments and supporting each other every day. Everyone who's watching this fucking video right now, you're beating it because you're working at it by watching this video. I'm proud of everyone. Errol, Thank thanks you. for having this chat with me. I really enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, I'm glad we finally did it. We've been talking about doing this for years now, and I'm mm-hmm. glad we've done it, finally.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was a good talk. It was. It was. And I'm always here, loving chatting with you, anytime. And um, anyone who's watching this, if you want to do one of these chats with me, I would love to do it with you. If we've done the chat before, fuck it. Let's do it again. Who fucking cares? Yeah, let's do this again sometime because yeah, I could do this all I mean, night. But it's late there. Fucking get some sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. I should try and get a few hours. Long day tomorrow. <laughs> get, get your hubby to break the guitar. Sing a song.
3: Nah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Go sing you to sleep. I'll wake him up. Like, <laughs> play, my, play me a good night song. Like, why? Leave me alone. I want
2: to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm usually singing, and Vanessa's like, Would you stop singing? My God. (laughs) All right, but yeah, thanks a lot, buddy. You take care. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks everyone for joining us on this episode of the PTSD Buddies Podcast. I sure hope you enjoyed the show. And if you or someone you know is dealing with PTSD, please look for PTSD Buddies on Facebook. You can join one of our great Facebook groups and get support. You can look for us on Twitter, Instagram, or check out our PTSD Buddies YouTube channel full of hundreds of helpful videos to help you deal with PTSD, PTSD. Cheers everybody. Have a great one.